0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me tonight in the book of Acts 27. And if you have read your Bible, especially the book of Acts, you're perhaps familiar with some of the stories bound up within this precious chapter. And so I'm not going to an unfamiliar place tonight. If you look around, it'll be a well-worn path. Amen. But I believe God can just touch us this evening with a fresh anointing. The book of Acts chapter 27 and verse number 20. The Bible says, And when neither sun nor stars and many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Amen, think about that. You you can live so long without food and so long without water. But a man can't live very long without hope. But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened to me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God... That it shall be even as it was told me. Cheer up. I believe God. Amen. Maybe that should have been my title. Amen. (laughs) Who knows? We may just change things. Cheer up. Amen. Amen. Cheer up. I have heard from God. God has given me a word. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. God bless you this evening. I want to talk about our future with God. I want to speak about our future, but not just our future in general. But I want to talk about our future with God. As the first message officially of 2024, I feel like that it's important to underline some things that we should never forget. Amen. Lest you forget. Lest you forget. So many things are handed to us lest we forget. Reminders. Amen, aren't you thankful for those things that help you to remember? Amen. Our future is with the Lord, and we're not walking alone. I've often been encouraged when I read the book of Hebrews in general. Most of the book of Hebrews, of course, we find different messages scattered throughout rather that entire book. But certainly in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1, I'm encouraged when I envision the word picture that the writer gives us, Hebrews 12 and 1. In this passage, it reminds us that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. (laughs) Amen. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by that passage of Scripture because it reminds me of all of those that have gone before me. And it should remind us of all of them and those that have gone before us. In the truest sense, and I know that when we're in the throes of something, it's hard to realize this, certainly in the true focus of it, but in the truest sense, someone has passed this way before. Someone. They're walking, right? They have already walked through the very path that you're walking now, the very path that I walk, someone has passed this way before. The strength that comes to me with knowing that I'm not breaking new ground. I'm not in uncharted water. Someone has passed this way before. In our text this evening, I want to underline, and I would like to highlight and perhaps even just make bold in all caps, Verses 23, 4, and 5. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. I just want you to understand what Paul is trying to remind them is there was not a strange spirit that stood by me tonight. This was not a mystical happening. This was not something that took me by surprise, frightened me. But an angel of God, the God that I serve, amen, whose I am, And that angel said, fear not, Paul, for you must be brought to Caesar. You've got to remember, Paul, that God has given you a word that you're going to Rome. And you're going to stand before Caesar. I know right now this doesn't look like Rome. This doesn't feel like Rome. This doesn't seem like Rome. And you're not even sure how to spell Caesar. But I can tell you that there's a promise that God has given you that you're going to stand before Caesar. And in addition, lo, he said, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. So he said to these these men, these men in the throes, and I don't want to get ahead of myself tonight, but these men in the throes of a horrific storm, he said, so be of good cheer. Just be of good cheer for I believe God that it should be even as it was told to me. So just cheer up, because I am gonna believe God. I'm just gonna stand on his word. I'm gonna trust him. Amen. So we rejoice many times over this passage of scripture when we just kind of take a pen, knife, and cut out those few words and, and say, An angel of the Lord has stood by me and everything's gonna be all right. But we just can't forget the setting. Because if we erase the setting of these words, then we miss the power and the impact. And we certainly miss the difficulty that, it, that there had to exist to share this word with somebody. Amen. I everything's going to be all right. Well, it's easy to say that when everything seems like it's all right. It's all right and easy to say that when, when the weather is well and all is well. But they were in a storm. They were not headed to a storm. They were not thinking about a storm. They hadn't seen a prediction of a storm. They were in a storm. After days and days of no sun, night after night of no moon, no light, no hope, no cheer, no stars. The Bible says that hope had been been ripped from them. There was no hope. The only thing that they had for sure The only thing that they could say unequivocally is that we are in a storm. (laughs) They didn't know if they were going to live. They didn't know if they would die. They didn't know what tomorrow held, if there would be a tomorrow. The only thing they knew was that they were in a storm. But right into this dreary setting, comes an angel, a messenger from God. And this representative of God did not just come to join them on the ship and stand alongside them. But this angel of the Lord came with a message, a fresh word to Paul from God. Amen. While hope was blowing in the wind and while their knees were buckling, God sent a voice to remind Paul of something significant. Fear not. Paul, I have a destiny for you. Fear not, amen, I have a will and a purpose for you. Fear not fear not Paul because you have been commissioned to stand before Caesar you're going to Rome Paul and you're going to stand before Caesar i know it doesn't seem that way right now amen there is an additional word however that came from god amen hidden within this stormy setting the angel adds an addendum but he said Paul not only are you going to make it to Rome but i just want you to share with those other feeble knees they're going to make it as well. They're going to make it as well. They're going to live and not die. The only thing that's going to be lost is the ship. Amen. But they are going to make it. Amen. Then something happened that I think is worth noting based upon that promise Paul turned to encourage the people, amen, with the wind still blowing and with salt water still making its way perhaps into their eyes. Paul looked at these men and, amen, he said something that if we're going to be honest with ourselves, Paul said something that could have gotten him thrown overboard. (laughs) He said something that could have gotten him mugged on the spot. Everything's going to be all right. So sometimes when we're in the throes of something and somebody says something like that, we want to swing on them. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. But you want to say, do you not hear the wind? Do you not see the rain? Do you not see the distress that we're in? And here you come with a message that said everything is going to be all right. But he said, be of good cheer For I believe God. It's going to be just like God said it was going to be. I will tell you this evening, if I could just pause for just a moment, God has made some promises, not only to me, but he has made promises to you. And there has been, like Joseph, that chasm that dwells between the promise and the fulfillment of that promise. When we wondered how in the world this doesn't seem right, this seems so far off track. And the Lord never mentioned the pit. He never mentioned the dungeon. He never mentioned the prison. He never mentioned the betrayal. He never mentioned everything that I would have to encounter. But the Lord gave him a promise. Amen. He gave him a dream, a promise in a dream. And God doesn't make mistakes. Can I just say it again tonight? God does not make mistakes. And so Paul said, I just want you to hold on with me. I want you to really understand tonight. Amen, Paul didn't have pom-poms in his hand and the pastor don't have pom-poms in his hand tonight. Amen, but I'm gonna say when the Lord gives you a word, I'm gonna join the great apostle Paul and say be of good cheer because I believe God. I can't help that the wind's blowing. I can't help that the rain is coming down. I can't help that salt water is surrounding and soaking our lives, but I can tell you that God has given me a word, and we're going to stand on that word. Hallelujah. We're going to stand on that word. An angel from the Lord visited Paul. This messenger told him a few things. He said, there, are, there, is gonna, there, there will be some loss. You're going to lose the cargo of the ship. But he said, the passengers, they're going to make it. Everything's going to be all right. It was for Paul's sake we should understand that God did this. It was for Paul's sake. They were riding upon the wings of Paul's faith and the call that was upon his life. I could not agree more with what Brother Newbern said a moment ago that we should be praying for our respective communities. Amen, wherever you live, God planted you there. Wherever you work, God planted you there. Wherever you shop. God has sent you there and we ought to pray for the communities upon which we have influence and you just say well who am I I'm just low little me I, I don't have any voice I don't have any influence I don't have any power I just want to remind you that the angel that stood with Paul that night on that ship amen you have an angel yourself that stands with you I have an angel that went with me today amen he drove every mile and took every step that's what the word amen says we have amen this cover Covering, this holy anointing and covering in our lives. And that anointing we're going to carry with you. And we're going to carry with us when we walk in the door of any business. When we deal and we, no matter where we are, the power and the spirit and the presence of the Lord is with us. So I say, God, help me to influence the part of the world that I'm standing in right now. Help me to influence this part of the community that I'm standing in right now. God has planted me there for a reason. Hallelujah. Amen. There's going to be some loss, but it was Paul. It was Paul that God had his eyes fixed on what a testimony he was to the people on that ship. Paul's voice perhaps in this setting. As I read and reread this story again today, I just begin to think about Paul's voice in this storm, in this and on this storm-tossed boat, and in the midst of all of these men, who were fearing for their lives, Wondering if they would ever see their wives Or their children If they would ever sleep in their own bed If they would ever sit at their own table These men wondering what their future was going to be And here was Paul This voice in the midst of this storm No doubt Paul must have sounded somewhat Like John the Baptist After 400 years of darkness and silence Without a fresh word from God Amen Here was a man, John the Baptist Who came out of the wilderness with a message that seems so improbable amen and here again tonight amen was the apostle Paul in the middle of this storm with a message it doesn't seem possible it doesn't seem that God could do anything but there was Paul joining the likes of John the Baptist saying it doesn't matter how quiet it has been John was saying no matter how dark it has been no matter there hasn't been a fresh word from God for centuries I'm telling you that there's coming one going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost in fire. That must have seemed so bizarre after so many decades and centuries of silence but there's coming one. I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. I'm not even worthy to call him. I'm not even worthy to stand beside him but there's coming one. There is coming one. You know why? Because we got a future and our future is not based on the stock market. Our future is not based on who's sitting in Washington. Our, Our future is not based on who is sitting in Tallahassee. Our future is not based on who is sitting at the courthouse, amen. Of your respective county, our future is with God. Hallelujah! And if God be for us, then I ask you, who can be against us? Hallelujah! Paul, Paul had a Rima word. Paul had a Holy word. Paul had a fresh word. It was in an unorthodox setting. It was not camp meeting. amen. There was no choir humming in the background. There were no musicians along. It does doesn't seem like it. I know we're looking like death is imminent. I know it seems like nothing's in our future but a funeral, but I'm gonna tell you, God has given me a promise, and I'm just foolish enough to believe it. I'm just crazy enough to stand. Hallelujah. 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 Freak, freak. Yeah. I'm just foolish Hallelujah. enough to hold yes, oh. yes, yes. Praise God. Paul received something from God. This wasn't something he read in a book. Hey Amen. This wasn't something he watched somebody else do. He's not parroting somebody else's message. This was his God. Amen, this was his God. Can I just say it this way? This was his God stepping into his storm. Can I tell you tonight that your God will step into your storm? He's not afraid. He's not scared. He's not intimidated. He's not intimidated to stand with us. But this angel didn't just come to ride with him. This angel didn't just come to ride and be a companion. But this angel came with a word. Can I tell you that even in the storm, God can give you a word. He's in this house tonight. But he's he didn't just come to sit down beside us he didn't just to be come to be counted among us tonight God is in this house to give us a word, a word from God that is real, a word from God that is fresh I said today, oh hallelujah I said today in prayer multiple times, thank you Lord for your visitation this past Sunday thank you for your anointing that was with us Sunday, oh how we appreciate that Lord, but you know what this is not Sunday, amen, this is not Sunday. This is not three days ago. This is Wednesday. This is tonight. Amen. There's a clean plate. There's a clean slate. There's a blank page. We need you to touch us tonight. We need you to speak to us tonight in this house. Praise God. Praise God. Well, welcome to Wednesday night. Welcome to Wednesday night Bible study. Amen. Amen. The Lord's put something in my soul today. He put something in my spirit this morning. Amen. This was God stepping into his storm. But God was given a word to anyone that was willing to listen. It was Paul's God into Paul's storm. But he said, I won't let anybody be lost. Again, I think it's important to remember the setting. The Bible says in verse 20, neither sun nor stars in many days had appeared. No small tempest tempest laid upon. This was no thunderstorm. This wasn't July in Florida. Amen. This wasn't just an evening shower. They were 14 days deep into a storm. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. That's a sobering statement. Two weeks in this storm. During the two weeks of this storm, I've read on multiple occasions, or counts rather, they have been driven off of their course almost 500 miles off course. These men and this vessel had been stripped of everything they once had. Their courage, their confidence as mariners, their confidence as crewmen, their confidence that we're going to leave this port and we're going to sail into this other port because we've done this again and again and again and we know what we're doing. And now all hope was taken away. Adrift at sea. Not only had they thrown over the tackling, but they had also thrown overboard the cargo. That was the sole purpose of even leaving port. They lost their their sole purpose of even leaving. Isn't it amazing how the Lord can work with us once we've been emptied of self? We're lost and adrift and emptied. But they were yet not out of danger. Therefore, the Bible says that the crew took soundings to help them determine the depth of the water so they could tell if they were in fact coming to shore. And in this, they found they were indeed getting closer to land. First, they sounded and the water was about 120 feet deep. And then they sounded again and it was about 90 feet deep. It was a powerful message. You still got plenty of water beneath you, but it's getting shallower. You're headed to land. You're headed to rock. You're headed the roar of the waves. And we're now facing the reality of the, of the, of the ship itself heading for the rocks. And so in order to keep the fore part of the front of the ship headed toward the shore, some of the crew, the Bible talks about dropping those four anchors in this setting, doubt and unbelief set in. Verse number 16 talks about some of those men. Thankfully, they remained nameless and faceless. I'm sure they appreciate that. Some of those men found a smaller vessel on board, a life raft, so to speak. They were going to lower that into the water. Not only was this an act of selfishness on their part, not only was this an act of revolt on their part, but it was also an act of unbelief. Did you just hear what that man said? An angel stood by me. Paul told everybody God's promise that he was going to keep those that sailed with him. But some said, well, we're just going to take matters into our own hands. We're not real sure about your God, your message. And I don't know about you, but this salt water is really, really, really real in my eyes. So we're going to do this on our own i will tell you that I'm thankful for every instructor that the Lord has ever placed in my path. And I know I've mentioned this often. But I say it on purpose. But I'm also thankful for every example God has put in my path. Paul was such a great example in this passage. What a difference it makes when a person has faith in God. Amen. Instead of merely wishing for a brighter day, verse 29, that's what the Bible says some of them were doing. They were wishing for day. (laughs) Or instead of selfishly looking for a way out, verse 30, that's what others were doing, trying to lower that raft into the water. We're going to get out of here on our own. We just wish you all the best. Paul got ready for the demands that were going to come at daybreak. Amen. He said we can't leave. We just can't sit down and wish for a better day. We can't just hope it all works out. Amen. And it's not difficult to understand Paul's position in this because they had not eaten, or the Bible talks about them fasting and every how you want to define that. But they had fasted for two weeks. This whole time in the storm. They're just trying to live. They're trying to survive. But Paul said something strange. It's time to eat. Time to take some bread. It's, they like Elijah. They like Elijah under the juniper tree. They needed to eat. That's what the Lord sent that angel to Elijah. He said, what are you doing here? He said, you need to wash your feet. You got to eat. You gotta, we're not done. <laughs> we're not through. You're going to need strength. You got some things to do in your future. And so I want you to eat. Because the Lord was reminded them we're not through. So Paul took the bread. He openly prayed and gave thanks to God. Amen. Boat's still moving. Future's still uncertain. But there are times, and you can just insert your own name here or uh, insert the, a name here on your own of somebody that has been this person to you. But there, is, there are, are times and have been times when one dedicated person changed the atmosphere of the entire situation. Just somebody stood up and said something or somebody stood up and did something. They weren't trying to be holier than thou, better than you, more spiritual. Amen. God had just put somebody in your midst. <laughs> somebody was there that could just bring order to disorder. I have used Dr. Samira for most of, my, most of my life, really, as my personal physician. And I remember many years ago Dr. Samira's from the Philippines and and Dr. Samira said he said you know he said it's amazing to me he watched this as a young man growing up in the Philippines without of course the level of medical care that we have today but he said it just seems like to me that the Lord always leaves somebody in the house well <laughs> not from a book Not from a college instructor, just from observation. He's because somebody's going to have to see about the others. Romans 15 and 1, that the strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Praise God. And if we're not completely well, I see a lot of you shaking your head. If you're not completely well, the Lord at least leaves somebody a little better off than the others. Amen. Thank God for our wives that are generally the ones a little better off (laughs) than us helpless fellas. Amen. But that one person, that one dedicated person that changes the atmosphere of the whole situation just by making their faith visible. I know I can speak freely tonight, but over the course of almost 84 years of existence, this church has encountered and endured many storms. And should time, Terry... We will face more because that's just the nature of life, even life with the Lord. Being filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't give you individually or us collectively an exemption card from storms or trying seasons. But there is a certain dichotomy that comes with stormy seasons. Storms are revealing, or they can be. Some of you, some of us, have been through seasons in our lives when carnal people predicted your downfall. Amen. Well, they didn't put it on the front page, maybe. But you could just sense. They're watching for that mistake, that misstep. And there have been times when we've launched out by faith individually or collectively when you could sense people around us that wanted to see all of those efforts fail. Isn't that strange? Strange. I'm just making a statement tonight. I I can't explain those things. But it's not made up. They, like Job's comforters, stand without hope and without faith. Some could look at a powerful beginning and a fruitful past and think that everything is bound up there in the beginning or in the past and that nothing would be left for the future. However, this is just simply not how God works. Philippians 1 and 6 says, Paul said to the church of Philippi, he said, be confident. Square your shoulders. Lift up your head. Be confident of this very thing. That he which begun a good work in you will perform it. He will. We serve a God big enough to finish what he starts. Amen. When Justin was a, just a little boy, always wanting to tussle, you know, like most boys. And, and, and I'd tell him, I said, don't you start a fire you can't put out now. Amen. God never starts a fire he can't put out. God never never pokes a bear he can't handle. So when you look at Scripture, you see this ordained pattern. And so I'm going to pause here and do just a little bit of teaching. We see this ordained pattern in Scripture. This pattern of how the Lord works. John 4.37 says, One soweth. And another reapeth. You with me now? First Corinthians 3. Paul speaks of himself. Planting. Then he talks about Apollos. Watering. But it's always God who gives the increase. But do you see that divine order. That principle. Where there are seasons. And I know I preached this a few weeks ago. Services ago about seasons. But there are seasons. And that's how... God works. So what Paul is underlining are these seasons. Seasons of planting and seasons of watering and seasons of increase. Those of you tonight who uh, are married or have been married and and anyone joining us online can relate to seasons in your relationship. Those seasons when you could have just eaten them up and those seasons when you wish you had Amen. <laughs> Man, there's enough conviction to give an altar call now. Seasons. Amen. There are defined functions in which each person can excel in. And so Paul must have understood his bent for. Planting. He didn't say anything about Apollos planting. But he said, but now if you need something watered, I know a man. He knows just how to do this. And God will use him and can use him in these seasons. For instance, David gathered the material for the building of the temple. Now, David wanted to build the temple. If you know the scripture, he got permission even to build the temple. And the Lord had to deal with Nathan, the prophet, during the night. And the next day he had to go preach a very, very unpopular message. You can't do this, David. But David kept a good spirit. He kept an excellent spirit. Another message for another day. But he kept a great spirit. He said, well, I may not be able to build it because of the things of my past. But you can't stop me from helping. And so David had friends and connections and and so David began to gather material and David spent the rest of his days gathering material for the building of the temple that he would not build but Solomon would be given and allowed the task of building the temple. When Moses died, Joshua was called to carry on the promise. What are we going to do? Moses says he has smitten the rock. He has gotten out of the will of God. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Is the promises of God now void? No, 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 no. No, I've got a Joshua carried. He's called. He'll carry out the promise. When Elijah was taken away, God, when Elijah was taken away, God had an Elisha left standing. Now, we're going to just pause on this story for just a moment. If someone had just been standing, pardon my uh, juvenile approach here, but if someone had been standing standing, On the sideline, and just watching this little storyline play out right here in scripture uh, between Elijah and Elisha, they could have easily wondered what the future held because Elijah was the man of God without a doubt. So let's slow this story down to a frame by frame for the sake of clarity. Elijah was one of the greatest voices in the land, he's come now to an incredible intersection and he is suddenly caught away in this great cloud and carried into the heavens and so if they were standing on the sidelines watching here is Elijah and here is Elisha all of a sudden a whirlwind just takes Elijah away amen the scoffers Job's comforters could have been thinking well there just had to be somebody there that day that said I could have told you this six months ago I saw this coming. They could the, the scoffers could have been thinking, it's all over. As a matter of fact, Elisha could have wondered, well, what am I going to do now? This is the man that I followed. This is the man that I left everything for. I left my family. I, Elisha was so dedicated to the calls and the call of God upon his life. If you remember the story, plowing with oxen, and he used the plows to build a fire and the oxen for sacrifice. I mean, he was all in. Everything he, my future is destroyed. I laid it all out on the line. Amen. However, just before his faith could fail him, Elijah saw something coming down from heaven. Maybe at first it was hard for him to make it out, make out exactly what it was, but then as it got closer and closer, Elisha Elijah recognized it. That is the mantle of Elijah. I recognize that garment. I recognize that coat. He picked it up and he asked a fair question, if we'll be honest with ourselves. He said, where is the God of Elijah? That was a fair question. Where is the God of Elijah? He took that garment, and I don't know if it was faith or frustration, but he took that garment and he smote the waters and they parted. And there was his answer. Where is the God of Elijah? Right here. (laughs) Right here. Because we're talking about our future with God. All throughout time, God has used each generation to accomplish his will. And we should never forget that God always has a plan. God has a plan. God has a plan. Recently, I was reminded of something. I've known this story for many years. Sister Betty Michael shared uh, uh, something with me, uh, a book, and and um, it just reminded me of something. And so, for the sake of an illustration, I want to share something with you. And I may have talked about this a little bit in part through the years, but in 1967, a man by the name of, of A.T. Morgan, brother A.T. Morgan, was the general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, and brother Stanley Chambers was the general secretary. And so at the 1967 general conference, Brother A.T. Morgan called a special meeting of the general board. And so as they got up to, as he got up to address the general board, Brother Morgan passed by Brother, Brother Chambers and he said, I want you to write down what I'm about to say. And when Brother Morgan got up to address the general board, He had a massive heart attack and died on the spot right there. That would be a shocking circumstance, very shocking. A traumatizing moment had to be for those that were present. Here's a leader of an international organization passing away at General Conference, (laughs) amazing. People from all over the world had come in for this conference it could have seemed that all hope was gone. And certainly not to um, underestimate the, the loss to the Morgan family and the loss of the organization, but God has a plan. So Brother Chambers, who had been serving as the general secretary of the organization since 1945, was considering not allowing his name to run again for re-election to General Secretary. But as he began to think about that in preparation to go to conference, the Lord just checked his heart. And so he didn't say anything to his wife or anything about that. He just kind of kept that news to himself. At the same time, at the same time, a man by the name of C.M. Beckton who pastored a church in Nashville, where Brother Ron Beckton pastors today, he told his wife before they were going to conference, the general conference, he said, I feel like the Lord is about to change something in our ministry. Amen. You with me now? And so they get to conference and all of this unfolds in front of them. And in short, after the funeral of Brother Morgan, Brother Chambers was elected to fill the office of general superintendent that Brother Morgan held. However, this election vacated the office of general secretary, but God had already put it in the heart of Brother Beckton that he was going to be elected. That didn't make him a politician. He wasn't handing out pats and t shirts and buttons, <laughs> the Lord was just preparing the future. And Brother Beckton was elected and served as general secretary and served for over 20 years in that office. And so I was reading today, and, and not about this, but I was reading another uh, about some of the what we're talking about here this evening. And I came, across, I came across a quote unrelated to anything I'm talking about now. But this man said, God may bury the workman, but his work will go on. I, I know that sounds insensitive to the story I just said, that, but... In in the truest sense, when we have God in our future, His work is going to carry on. Because the church, the church, I'm talking about the church body, we could even talk about the church locally, but let's talk about the church body. The church still stands together in unbroken solidarity. Storms come and storms go. And the clouds hang low. And sometimes our future seems so uncertain. But where is the church in all of this? In solidarity. Standing. Amen. His truth is marching on. Hallelujah. I'll ask our musicians to come. I'm going to look quickly back at our text. Paul boldly stated everyone was going to live and not die even when their faith was severely under attack, it's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. However, even in this distressful season, Paul had a holy encounter with God. A holy encounter with God. There stood by me this night The angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, fear not. In the middle of a storm, you wouldn't think you could even hear the voice of God. God sent an angel. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. When When it comes to carrying the incomparable work of God, I'm just going to be honest with you I'm not qualified to do that but he is but he is we put our faith our trust our confidence our hope is in him a few weeks ago brother Osborne stood in this pulpit and he preached a message entitled your next days are your best days I had several people comment about that message being a word of the Lord for them Next days, best days. I too received that word for me personally. But I also received that word for our church. And we have heard many similar messages from our own ministry team in this church echoing the sentiments of that same message. Strength. Power. Anointing. The undergirding hand of God. Guest speakers have stood behind this desk. Who knew and know no one? And yet they drove right up to your front door. (laughs) Amen. They opened your mailbox. They reached in. They read your mail. Right where you were standing. An angel. Not an angel. I'm going to correct myself. Paul said the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord stood by me this night. He has the authority to do that. So if there's anything that I have learned about the Lord, it is this. I don't claim to know a lot, and I don't say that in false humility. I really don't claim to know a lot. As a matter of fact, I will confess, the longer I do this, the less I know. (laughs) That's the truth. It is an education in reverse. This is the one thing I do know. God is drawn to hunger. He is drawn to hunger. I know there's scripture for that. And so I'm thankful for Matthew's recording of Jesus talking about the hungry and the thirst to be in field. I know there's Bible for that. But can I tell you that not just because I read it in the book, but because I have observed it in the lives of others and because I have experienced it in my own life. Amen. If I could say something this evening without sounding presumptuous, in prayer, I've said, Lord, I don't think you will ignore me when there are others who don't care, and I do. Amen. I know that sounds a little pompous, but please know me well enough to know better. When it seems like nobody else cares, I don't think you'll ignore the hunger in my heart. I don't think you'll ignore the drive in my spirit, the passion in my heart. Amen. And so if God is drawn to hunger and God says the hungry and the thirsty will be filled, and so I pray often, Lord, help me to increase my hunger and help me to increase my thirst. And so I pray this, and I say this tonight, that if we will walk in the doors of this house hungry and thirsty for a move of God, he will be Found of us. I'm not talking about just chill bumps for us in the moment. I'm not just talking about so we can feel better. High five one another and say, "Woo, what a great service we had. I'm talking about if we'll come in hungry. Hungry for souls to be baptized in Jesus' name. Hungry for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hungry for the power of God to move and stir families. Amen. Not just individuals, but families, entire families. If we will come in hungry and thirsty, He will be found of us. He will be found of us. Amen. Our future is safe. Because we're going to keep God at the forefront of it all. Amen. Let's magnify Him. This
0: message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way. And we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m.